you ever desire to walk more closely with God? That should be the desire of every Christian. Join us today as Pastor Rander looks at a man that the Bible says had a unique walk with God in this message, Enoch, a man who walked with God. He will be teaching from Genesis chapter number 5, verses 22 through 24. Now let's listen in. And Father, we do ask that you would help me to preach your word now in the power of the Spirit, in Jesus' name. And all children said, Isn't it good to be in the house of God? Be so kind enough, turn with us to the book of Genesis. We're in uh, uh, Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 through 24. If someone next to you does not have a Bible, please share your Bible with your neighbor sitting near you. Genesis chapter 5, verses 22 through, through 24, you'll find these words. After he begot Methuselah, Enoch, walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him. Once again, we want to preach from the subject, Enoch, a man who walked with God. Enoch, a man who walked with God. My friends, Enoch walked with God in an age where it was quite rare to find anyone who was serious about the Lord. The scripture says in Genesis 6, 5, that the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And even today, it's not easy to walk with God, especially in today's culture where we see sin glamorized because it's really so easy to sin. Right here in America, we have sexual immorality. In America, we have materialism, the occult, rape, murder, drugs, pornography, prostitution, murder of the unborn, etc. Therefore, walking with God is a choice. Walking with God is a decision. You have to make up your mind to walk with the Lord or you'll not walk with God. Either you're walking with him or you're not. Amos 3.3 says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? If you fail to make a decision to walk with the Lord and be persistent and determined to follow Christ, you'll be swept away by the tide of this wicked and perverted generation. Like Joshua, we must make up our mind to serve the Lord. Joshua 24, 15 says, And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your father served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And oh, how we need homes today that's committed to serving the Lord. Enoch's walking with the Lord meant this. Enoch's whole life pleased God. It meant that he lived in daily fellowship with God. To walk with God means to have continual intimacy with the Lord. Enoch had a deep abiding communion with God that brought an overwhelming sense of God's presence in Enoch's life. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life in your presence is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You see, my friend, Enoch 
Enoch enjoyed basking in the presence of God. He enjoyed listening to God. Enoch enjoyed talking to God. He enjoyed fellowshipping with his God. And their relationship with each other was so enjoyable and so delightful. My friends, multitudes of people will live in this world and die and never walk with the Lord. Multitudes will live 40, 50, 60, 80 years and never walk with God. To walk with God, you must first believe that Jesus is. You must believe that God is by faith. Not simply that God exists, but you must believe that God lives and you must believe that in your heart, in this God, to the extent that you are asking him to come into your heart to have a relationship with him. You have to make up your mind to walk with God. How did Enoch please God? Number one, Enoch pleased God because he enjoyed close, intimate communion and fellowship with him. He enjoyed close, close, very close, intimate communion and fellowship with God. Enoch was 65 years old when Methuselah was born. For the book of Genesis, it says in chapter 5, verse 21, Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. In Genesis 5.22, the scripture says after he begot Methuselah, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. My friends, can you imagine 300 years of walking with the Lord? That's a long time to walk with God. And you have many saints today that can't even walk with God from Sunday to Sunday. Enoch did not allow the corruption or the evil of his day to distract or to, to disrupt him from his fellowship with God. However, many Christians today are inconsistent with their relationship with the Lord, and they have so much residue of the world on them until they cannot walk with God. Since this is family day, I'm going to be sharing a number of insights to, to husband, fathers, family, and children. Parents, if you're negligent with sacred things and you fail to walk with the Lord before your children, don't expect your children to be spiritual while you're being foolish, worldly, and possessing low standards. Okay, how many of you in here are parents or grandparents? Raise your hands. Wow, look, that's about 98% of you. Parents, if you're negligent with sacred things, spiritual things, godly things, and you fail to walk with the Lord before your children, don't expect your children to be spiritual. Don't expect your children to be godly while you're living foolishly before your children, while you're living so worldly before your children, and you have such low standards. And dad, God hold you responsible for being the priest in your home, for leading your families in the way of God, for praying with your family, for nurturing your family, for, for, for showing them the way of the Lord. James 4, 4 says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? In other words, I love this, I underlined it, whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You want to love the world, go along with the world, whatever the world does, you want to get on the boat and ride with it, then you are an enemy of God. Beloved, believe me, you would much rather have God as your friend rather than your enemy. You don't want God to be your enemy now. 
Because if God is your enemy, who can defend you? <laughs> Listen, if you're fighting against God, I'm telling you right now, you're fighting a losing battle. You're going to lose. You're going to embarrass yourself. As a matter of fact, you're going to get killed. You're going to get killed. First John chapter one, verses six and seven says, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sins. I say this to you today, my friends, it is impossible to have fellowship with God if your sins have not been washed with the shed blood of Jesus Christ. If your sins have not been cleansed with the shed blood of Jesus Christ, you cannot have an authentic, genuine relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're living in darkness and you're not practicing the truth, you can't have a real relationship with God. In other words, you cannot live a lie and expect to have a healthy, well-balanced family. You cannot live a lie and expect to have a healthy, well-balanced family. No husband should have the spirit of lying to his wife. And no wife should have the spirit of lying to her husband. And no children should have a spirit of lying to their parents. Lying breaks down the family. It destroys the trust. Satan takes over. You want to practice the truth. You want to live the truth. And you want to be, and, and, and you want to be a truthful person. When pers- when you say anything to anybody, uh, they can take it to the bank. Because you mean what you say and you say what you mean. And you're not living a life of deception and hypocrisy. And that's what's destroying the fiber of, of the American family and families around the world is deception lying, and hypocrisy. You cannot have a healthy, well-balanced life and family while spirit of lying is just hovering all over your family. Secondly, I'd like to say this. The lives of many Christians are in spiritual regression. The lives of many Christians are in spiritual regression, whereas Enoch's life was a continual spiritual progression Toward God. In other words, every day in Enos life, as he walked with God, he was making progress in the kingdom. I'd like to ask you a question. Which way are you going? Are you going forward in the kingdom? Or are you going backwards in the kingdom? Are you doing better? Or are you getting worse? Are you in spiritual progression? Or, or are you in spiritual regression? Enoch was not satisfied with his present spiritual condition. His harsh desire was like the psalmist who said in Psalms 42, 1 and 2, As the deer pants for the water brooks, so pants my soul for you. Oh God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. In other words, Enoch had a hunger and thirst for God and the kingdom to come. He refused to love the world. He refused to love the things in the world because nothing satisfied him like God. Nothing satisfied him like God. Join us on Sunday, July 18th for Youth Emphasis Day. 
You will be extremely blessed on this special occasion as you witness Maranatha's youth lead and conduct our Maranatha service beginning with Sunday school at 9 a.m., followed by our worship celebration at 10 a.m. Parents, it's urgent that your spiritual life is headed in a Godward direction for the sake of your children. It is critical that your spiritual life, husbands and mothers and grandparents, before your children and grandchildren are headed in a Godward direction. The worst thing you can have is parents who are in spiritual confusion, don't know what they're doing, not good example before their children. Your godly lifestyle should impact your children for righteousness. I reiterate, your godly lifestyle should impact your children for righteousness. Your children shouldn't have to look anywhere else for a model, a role model. You are their role model. Because when they look around in the world, they see insufficient substitute. So you need to be that example. You get the first shot at your children. You get the chance to lay that spiritual foundation. And if you are negligent with your spiritual responsibility, the world is waiting in the wings to destroy them and give them a gender that you wish they hadn't received. Why don't y'all say amen? Another thing I like to say about Enoch, Enoch pleased God in that he functioned in his God-given assignment as a preacher of righteousness who spoke out against sin, corruption, and the ungodly rebellion of his day. He functioned in his role as a preacher of righteousness, who spoke out against sin. Enoch spoke out against corruption and and the ungodly rebellion of his day. When your children, you're sitting there and you're watching television, and you see something that is just diabolically satanic, you ought to say, son, this is so sinful. I want to teach you some lessons about what you're seeing, honey. Young, young lady, as you look at these stars and celebrities and rock stars uh, shaking their rear ends in a fast gesture and moving up against the other guy's crouch and moving up against it and all that kind of stuff, listen, they are teaching you to be sensual. They're trying to steal your virginity and mess up your purity. They want to desensitize you to the point that you lose your holiness. And it's done through these high, uh, satanic movie stars, rock stars, and all these names I don't know, and I don't care if I don't know them long as I know Jesus. That's right. I don't have to know all these names. You say you can't call them names? Well, ain't nothing about those names anyhow. The only name that matters is Jesus. Huh? Call sin, sin in your home. Like be an Enoch in your home. Speak out against sin and corruption and ungodly rebellion. Show your children what sin really is. Point it out and tell them why it's sin. Jude tell us that even before the great universal flood, Enoch prophesied about the second coming of Christ to execute judgment upon the ungodly and their wicked deeds. In the book of Jude, verse 15, the word ungodly 
is used four times, which means a coming day of judgment is imminent for all who are ungodly and refuse to repent and turn to Jesus Christ. Look at Jude 15, to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly. There it is, number one. Among them of all their ungodly deeds, that's the second ungodly, which they have committed in an ungodly way, third ungodly, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners, that's the fourth one, have spoken against him. Ungodly, 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 ungodly. You have to show your children display when you see ungodliness all around to point it out, call it for what it is so your children know what sin looks like. Luke 13, 5 says, I tell you no, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. My friends, the God who sent judgment the first time with the universal flood will come again and judge the world in righteousness. The same God who judged the world with a universal worldwide flood that where water raised up above the highest mountain, at least 20 feet above the highest mountain, will one day come again and judge this world in righteousness. Acts 17.31a says, because he has appointed a day, that day, when it's coming, I don't know, be ready, on which he, Jesus, will judge the world in righteousness by the man. God is man, God-man, whom he has ordained. Acts 2.38a says, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Matthew chapter 24, verses 37 through 39 says, But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Some folks think God is not coming back. That's why they're living so crazy. That's why they're living so sinfully. They don't think that God is coming back. But the same God that came as a baby is coming again as God. And he won't be a baby in a manger. He's going to come as the God of all judgment to judge this world in sin, to judge this world in righteousness. He's a coming back savior. And he's going to make all these wrongs right. He's going to make the crooked ways straight and the rough places plain. He's going to come and he's going to set this world right. He's going to judge it in righteousness. Many preachers today are preaching on everything but the gospel of Jesus Christ and righteous living. Many preachers today focus their sermons on love and joy and peace. I preach on love and I preach on joy and I preach on peace, but I'm not going to stop there. Many preachers focus on positive thinking, self-esteem, self-help, and prosperity gospel, which cannot convict of sin and leaves the church spiritually anemic, weak, and sinful. That's why the scripture says in 1 Peter 4, 17, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. You know what judgment is going to begin right here at God's house? Because God holds us 
responsible for promoting righteousness in wicked America. That's right. He's going to judge the church. That's right. But you know why the church can't make an impact in the world? Because so much sin has encroached upon the church. You have everything in the church nowadays. All kind of uh, junk is in the church. The church is so weak that we don't have a voice. We can't stand. We're little whips. Why Satan and demons and this world system, they're out of the closet and they are bold and they are parading sin and glamorizing it right in our face unashamedly. And yet we've gone into our holy huddle. We won't even knock on doors in the neighborhood. We won't even hand out an evangelistic tract. We hear all the stuff in the society and yet we keep our mouths shut because many are ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Judgment begins at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will the end be of those who do not obey the gospel of God? My friends, it is imperative that preachers of the gospel preach Christ-centered messages from the Bible. From the Bible. I've been preaching for 35 years I've never come to the pulpit with no other book but the Bible. This Bible is the only book that transformed life. This, this book is the only book that is the book of life. This book is the only book that can set captive souls free. This book is the only book that is the road map to heaven. And a lot of you reading a lot of books about the Bible, but I submit to you today that you need to go back to the basic. Go back to the Bible. The Bible. The Bible. The B-I-B-L-E. The Bible is the book for me. Why don't you say amen? amen. We need to start preaching. Preaching what? We need to preach on creationism in a day where the, that damnable doctrine of evolution is being taught. We need to preach on the virgin birth. We need to preach on the incarnation of Jesus Christ. We need to preach on repentance. We need to preach on the new birth. We need to preach on the blood of Jesus Christ. We need to preach on the sufficiency of Christ. We need to preach on the denial, the self-denial, how to deny ourselves. We need to preach on the cross. We need to preach on heaven and not just stay on heaven. We need to preach hell on hell. As a matter of fact, right now I'm preaching the hell out of people. We need to preach on the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Only the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ brings transformation so that revival can occur. If preachers are not preaching the entire canon of scripture, if preachers are not preaching this book from cover to cover, they ain't preaching. They need to surrender their license, turn them in, and go sit down. We need to preach the whole counsel of God. We need preaching that changed lives from the pulpit because we're living in the most biblically illiterate generation ever. Most children do not know the Bible because their parents don't know the Bible. Most children don't go to church because their parents don't go to church. Most children are fools because their parents are fools. Parents set the example. Rise up, repent, confess your sins today, and be godly before your children so that we can raise up a future godly, righteous generation to the glory of Almighty God.
About Enoch, the scripture says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 5b, for before he was taken up, he had this testimony that he pleased God. He had, Enoch had a testimony that he pleased God. What a testimony. Enoch's lifestyle pleased God. That's a testimony. Your, your testimony, all of you have testimony, a testimony, but the, the real question is, is it a good testimony or a bad testimony? Enoch had a wonderfully good testimony. He had a wonderful lifestyle. He had character, godly character. He had godly reputation. He had godly behavior. He had godly words and deeds. He were, he was honorable before the Lord and gave glory to him. His life was a continual sweet smelling aroma to God. Can that be said of you? Beloved, the goal of life is to live to please and glorify God with your lifestyle, with your testimony, with your words, with your behavior, with what you look at with your eyes, what you listen with your ears, and what you where you walk with your feet. Parents, a bad testimony, if you got a bad testimony, you cannot produce a godly home. You can't live hellish in the house and expect your children to be godly. You can't cuss and be slapping each other and walking around the house not speaking, watching everything under the sun, under the sun on television, going to places you ought not be going, dragging around, acting, acting carnal and worldly and satanic, and then expect to have a godly influence in your home. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683.